the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, I know um, Veterans Day weekend, right? Yeah. You know, it's a big weekend near out. But I want to start, I just got a very busy show today. Actually, a very busy week. Right. So just the things that I'm going to touch on today. Uh, well, one, of course, we're taping this show on Friday. You know, Friday has a new meaning in this after the election this week. Yeah. Right? I can't believe issue two passed. Mm-hmm, I'm I, surprised. I, I mean, I was pretty sure that issue one was going to pass. Right. And just because of the that's the, the polarizing. The, the, t- right. Yeah. The country. But but a very surprised issue. Two. I'm very, I, I, I do we even know the rules now are for issue two. So I'm going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. OK. We also had a, uh, the third GOP debate this week, which I, you were telling me before. I was like, really? Why they're having them? I have no idea. I was like, um, but something come out, you know, some, but something, you know, came out of there. And, you know, there was questions about inflation, of course. And, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a big secret out there, Carrie. And that's what I'm going to touch on okay. um, about, you know, King oil and things like that, but then also we got some new tax tables. You know, we, we've right. been, we've been they've been drilling they've been dribbling out the last few weeks, right? Right. And as you know, we try to hit on some of them, and so we've got some uh, what a lot of people were waiting for right. the 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 not only the new income tax rate tables, mm-hmm. right, but the the federal and state tax exemption and the annual gift right. allowance and so standard we'll, deductions, we'll, standard deductions. We'll we'll we'll, t- we'll tap on that, and that kind of leads in. Um, to kind of what we what we get really busy at this time of year is the year end planning, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's it's we get very active at this time of year. We're doing a lot of telephone conversations with our clients who are zeroing in, and it's it's usually twofold when we talk about year end planning, and it's back to one of our estate planning team um, axioms. You know, in other words, what you did last year. Mm-hmm. For year end planning, might not be what you do this year, and might not what you do next year. Right. Each year may stand alone, mm-hmm. and and secondly, you don't want to miss an opportunity that is gone if you don't take it in any one tax year. Right. Um. But uh, but maybe even more important is you don't want to get hit with a penalty. Because you miss something. Or overpay in taxes or overpay in even your estimates. I was thinking, Mark, just briefly of a case where somebody 
I had met with a couple of weeks ago where I had a sale of a property. It was a new client coming in, had a sale of a property in 2022. So certainly his taxes due because he had a huge capital gain. It was a vacation home. Right. So his taxes were much higher on the 2022 tax return. 2023 isn't even going to come in close to that. So he's been making estimated payments because he used his own. He did the tax software and kicked Previous out. Previous year at, safe harbor. Right. And he has no pensions. There's only one of them to collecting Social Security. They're living off like their investments and savings. And so he's making estimated payments based on a huge capital gain, which I was like, it's not going to reoccur. Maybe you don't need to be. Do you understand that there's a chance you're going to get a huge refund next right. year? That And he was like, I had no idea. And that's a good example. I didn't even of, think about it. It just yeah. printed off. I wrote the checks. And that's one of the things, you know, we, we talk about the the robots that are doing the tax software. If you don't tell them any differently, it, it, it it's going to default and put you on the previous year's safe harbor. And it's going to assume whatever withholding you had done last year is going to be the exact amount of withholding done this year. And it's going to kick out those four quarterly estimates. Mm-hmm. And it's going to assume you're making them. And until you tell the robot differently, it's not going to know any differently. Well, I think he was happy that he probably he knows now he doesn't have to make the fourth quarter estimate. Right. And he had already made all three. Yeah. And all, and, yeah, and now one, and one course we always talk about is the RMD, the required minimum right. distribution dates. And, and that's now gotten more complicated with Secure Act 1 and now right. Secure Act 2. So we'll right, talk I got a- the cheat sheet with your date of birth. Like if people are new coming in and they're younger, like whether it's 73 or 75, I have that chart. Because <laughs> now it could be 72, it could be 73, right, or well, 72 if you're already so taking So the chart it. that Carrie's referring to um, is, so if you were born before June 30 of 1949, okay, right. if you're still with us, God bless right. you. Um, but So you're at 70, the old 70 and a half. Right. So okay. you're already taking them. Okay. If you're born between July of 49 and 1950, mm-hmm. you're 72. Right. At age 72. If you're born anywhere from 1951 through 1959, mm-hmm. your required minimum distribution is age 73. Right. As a matter of fact, if you turn 73 this year, that's what we'll talk okay. about later in the show. And of course, if you were born 1960 and later, your first required minimum distribution is now at age 75. Right. So that's the chart everybody's got to get right, used yeah. to. Right, um, yeah. But also, you know, it, it, it's – but we could also talk about not missing an opportunity that they can save you. And so one of the things – when, we're, like I said, we'll go over some of the new tax rates for 2024 that have just been released. Mm-hmm. And one of them that we continue to see new clients coming in – not not that it affects everyone because there's no general rule for everyone. It's, right. But, but clients that are in the position where they are not maxing out their 0% long-term capital gain tax rate and qualified dividend rate, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about, hey, how much of a Roth conversion, there's a lot of people today looking at doing Roth conversions. Right. And one of the you don't want to do too much of a conversion that – shoots yourself in the foot tax-wise. So one of those thresholds, we always talk about playing the tax limbo game, right, at the estate planning team, meaning, you know, which threshold are you trying to stay under? And one of them that is a big eye-opener to our, when we in, when we bring it out in, to a client 
is the idea of, hey, why don't you max out your 0% long-term capital gain rate? And that has never occurred to them. And that, and it's back to coordinated advisors. You know, we, we talk about that all the time. We're big on coordinated advisors. I was mentioning, you know, we, this time of year, we have a, a lot of three-way phone calls between mm-hmm. our client and their tax preparer. Um, and, and the other ones too with the investment advisor. Um, and, and that's one. And, and we, I always say, you know, if ask yourself, if you are using multiple advisors, you know, whether they're attorneys, tax preparers, investment advisors, insurance professionals, or even financial planners, you know, how often has your investment advisor, uh, brought up the idea of, Hey, why don't we have a three way conversation with your CPA? Mm. Just ask yourself that. Have they ever done that? Are they? Have they ever even asked you for a copy of your tax return? And so we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay, Carrie, why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. And you did mention I want to uh, happy Veterans Day to everyone and thank everyone for their service and sacrifice that they've made for our country. And even though we're recording Friday, I have to say happy Marine Corps birthday. It's the 248th birthday since Marine Corps was founded in 1775. My kids learned when they could talk, say 1775, Marine Corps came alive. So I uh, wanted to mention that to everyone. Um, you're listening this morning to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information, whether you're working or already in retirement, make you aware of issues, We're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an Ohio registered affordable fee-based fiduciary planning firm. What we do is financial modeling, number crunching, objective analysis, and help people save money, solve problems. We give people clarity on what's possible, uh, what's not. And, And when Mark said earlier about opportunities, we're always looking for opportunities in the complicated tax code. And we really believe in our process that coordination advisors uh, gives you the best results possible because sometimes you don't know to ask what questions to ask those other advisors. You may have not even thought about thinking about a strategy in that way or known it even existed. So we're always trying to say, how can we make your situation better? Maybe you're okay and you're not worried about inflation or market volatility or potential tax increases. But right now we are in this window. We know if Congress does nothing after 2025, we revert to the the tax brackets they were pre the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And remember the standard deduction if you're taking that, which a lot of gets cut roughly in half after 2025. So for many people, there are opportunities. And with the passage of the Secure Act, so it, you know we're looking for opportunities for people or giving you peace of mind if you're someone who wants to stop working or want to know can I afford to retire and can I afford to retire and if it's before age 65 can is you know a lot of people are afraid because of the hefty healthcare premium but maybe in reality yeah it's going to be a, a hefty price tag but it's not going to materially affect the longevity of your plan or where your net worth is headed. We do offer a free consultation by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from our services. And if you'd like to to take advantage of that, you can give us a call, um, leave a message. We will call you back on Monday, or you can send an email through our website. Our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. 
All right. So what was the big secret that's out there? And it, it, it brought to my attention when I, I did why I didn't see the whole debate okay. because I was still working. You know, this time of year, we're, we're burning the midnight right. oils on this. But I, I caught some of it. And but one of the questions to the panel was, what are you going to do about inflation? Right. You know, um, and what what can a president do about inflation? Well, that's a good point. I, I feel like that's an irre- like it's irrelevant. It's, it's, it's totally not even irrelevant. It's not even a. Yeah, I, I mean, you hear. I heard one of the callers into the talk shows say something about well, you know, he was blaming Biden for the only for the the smaller three point two percent cost of living adjustment for Social Security, right? And mm-hmm. so it has nothing to do with Biden. Right. I mean, I'm sure Biden's policies don't help us, but I, I mean, uh, just as Biden has not, was not responsible for the 8.7 percent increase this year, exactly. And and just, in fact, it's not even up to anyone in Congress. It's already set by law, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, sometimes it, it's just funny. But so the all the respondents, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quote, but generalize. They when that when they were asked, they all came out of the gate with, "Oh well, drill, baby, drill." Okay. You know, correlating inflation with higher gas prices. Okay. And energy prices. In general. Right. So, so every one of them, oh, you know, whether it was, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, drill, baby, drill, uh, get Keystone back going again, get, um, you, you know, d- reverse all of Biden's, you know, what he's done to try to slow down right. oil production. and But the big secret is... But I feel like that's okay to do, but that's really not going to solve inflation. Well, but okay, but not even going there, Carrie. My point is U.S. oil production is at its peak ever. Huh, that's interesting. Okay, so right now it's approaching 13 million barrels a day. Mm. That's higher than under, you know, pre Rona, under right. Trump's peak, which was about 12. Point Three, 12.7 no 12.3 i think okay Who, does any why do we hear about that i was gonna say yeah you would think i would think somebody would be saying hey look what i would think biden might say that as an argument okay so but because biden's not or is saying, he not saying it because he wants the whole electric yes it's against their woke right. climate change agenda uh, yeah so he can't say anything about it Where's electricity coming and from? The re- yeah. And the gaps aren't bringing that up. They keep saying the way I'm going to solve inflation is by drilling. But that doesn't solve inflation. I mean, that's not. How does that help food prices? How uh, does that help? Well, it's 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 just the trickle down because I, the food I, truck drivers spend right, less money somewhat, on gas. But know, I don't it, feel like that. I don't feel like it's an easy solution just to drill. But no one is producing more oil in, globally than the U.S. right now. Oh, there we go. Saudi Arabia news. second. They do about 10 million barrels a day. Okay. And remember, they, in the summer, they said they're cutting okay. production to try to raise prices. Um, so, you know, I don't know if we can, you know, and, and remember, also, Biden, remember he made that stupid comment at the State of Which Union one? address? Which one? Which one? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of the State of Union address. When he, when he was on prompter, he was talking about, uh, you know, how he was pressing oil executives because they, were, they had such record profits coming off the global energy crisis, right? So, but then he kind of went off. Um, 
and then, but then he kind of, what did he say? Something about we're, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. Remember what he said? Yeah. That? He no. said, yeah, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And the whole, the, the whole Congress, you know, the, just like burst right. into laughter. I don't know, but I don't know if Biden was joking though. I don't think so. He was probably hoping we'll all go uh. to electric. And then the president, after you know, added oh, oh, and beyond that, but nobody heard that because over right. the laughter, right? But um, so, so, so that's part of it. And then remember later, and then later also, what was this other great comment when he's talking about the the big bad oil companies and how much money? Oh, he said Exxon made more money than God ever did mm. last year, right? You know, let's like, cumulatively add up what politicians made. Um, or so, Hunter Biden. But so, so, but this is what I'm saying. If, if has gas at the pump gone up or down in the last twelve months, Gary? I feel like it's not been down but i don't know i mean i just go by the last few weeks last right now it's you know october it was around it's about three dollars and 47 cents a gallon i'm talking i'm not talking about at your corner i'm talking about national national well then okay um okay what was it last october three dollars and 74 cents okay i thought it was down because that's a 7.2 percent decrease okay okay not exactly hyperinflation no. Okay. Um, by the way, it, it, you know, no, nobody's talking about hyperinflation. Those shock lines are over, thank God. Um, but, all right, well, it, do you think we've had double-digit inflation in the last 12 months? Then gas at the pump right now would be about $4.14. Which it's been up to okay. 4 Okay. Um, during the year, yeah, it peaked at maybe close to 5 Um A 5% increase, uh, gas prices today should be about 392 and they're far from that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, now, so this is what, and 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 there's lots of ways to look at this because that's why, by the way, right now, um, when we look at the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation factor, you know, they look at PCE, right? Right. Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, and that's what I've been saying. Really, you know, most people say, "Well, we don't think the Fed should use core that eliminates food and energy. They right. should use headline." Well, does everybody know that headline inflation now is running Low. lower than core hmm. because of gas prices coming down? So now, do you feel the same way? Actually, actually, since May, um, okay, it, it it reversed. Okay, so in May of this year. Headline annual year over year was running at 4.2% when the core was running at 4.6%. All right. And more recently in September, headline was at 3.4% and core was at 3.7%. Last August, uh, last month, August, core was, you know, headline was at 3.5%, core was at 3.9%. July, Headline was at 3.3%. Core was at 4.2%. So, for you know, like I said, so now we've got that situation. Um, so, but the point is, where do you see? See, I don't. The question is, are you still concerned about inflation? In other words, where do you think gas at the pump prices will be a year from now going into next year's election in November? Do Okay. We'll take a little bet, Carrie. Okay. A burrito bet here, right? Um, where, okay, so it's, let's say it's at 3.47 now. Okay. Where do you think we'll be next, going into next year's election? Oh, I'm going to say it's going to be a little bit higher. How much higher? 10%? Ooh. It'd be $3.82. Uh, I'm going to say around 375. Okay, 5%? So, be, uh, so somewhere between, between 7 or 8%. Five, yeah, 7 or 8. So you think it's going to go up 7%? Okay, I'm going the other way. 
Well, I think it's going to be up too, but not quite that high. I'm going to say I think it's going to be three dollars and fifty five cents. Okay. So what do you think it is? Three seventy five. Yeah. Okay. So Carrie's predicting three seventy five, and I'm predicting three fifty five. Okay. And we'll check on this. I like your number better, but Um, let's hope. So 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 that's where we're at. You know, that's the big secret. I don't think people are hearing that U.S. is the leading oil producer right now mm. and at its all-time peak, roughly about 13 million mm. barrels a day. And that may uh, – we'll see if that increases. We'll see if that keeps those prices right. from, at the pump from rising. Um, huh. That's really interesting. All right. What else? Uh, so we talked about the other surprising thing this week, and you're talking about the green economy. Ohio's joined the new green, what I'm calling the real new green economy, right. becoming the 24th state, right? To, uh, you know, approve recreational I bet, I bet some marijuana. people will be moving to Ohio now. Well, I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of people going over to Michigan. I know that and coming back. Um, still can't. Try. So I had to b- brush up on. I don't even know what the law says. No, I don't either. I just saw it was recreational. Yeah. So the Cincinnati Enquirer had a great okay um, had, had a great summary, and okay. So just letting everybody know, right? Um, it's not legal yet. Okay. So you know, Carrie, don't get too excited. I I don't know. December seventh. Okay. Was that Pearl Harbor Day? Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, Ohioans can start possessing and consuming marijuana when the law takes effect on December 7th. Obviously, it's 21 and older and allowed to have up to two and a half ounces of cannabis. Which, is that a lot? I have no idea. I've never used... (laughs) That's a lot, Is it? I was like, two and a half ounces doesn't seem much, but I don't know. I've never, like... I have no clue. Yeah, that's a lot. We'll okay. just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. And, or 15 grams of extracts. I, I don't know what so they are. So they're talking I've, about maybe the gummies. I don't know what edibles or, are. Yeah, the gummies. Or, yeah. I, actually, I know some other clients that use it for pain, like the medical. But you're not going to be able to buy it for a while. Because okay. doesn't it have to be regulated? I would think that's going to be a whole undertaking to be in a store to buy the edibles, or because isn't that an all like regulations with regard to that? Yeah, there's all sorts of questions. I mean, there's about a lot it. of things that would I would guess would have to be implemented. And well, the, the whole thing is it was it it it, it was an initiated sta- what they call initiated statutes. That means it can be altered, or even repealed by the current state legislature. See, this is the big issue okay um now that would if they did that it would be totally against obviously the voters yeah so i don't i I don't like that's that precedent um but they are gonna but you know they they they, they, but there's gonna have to be a lot of you know negotiation and, and 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 stuff like that um so uh, one of the leaders, or one of the leaders, one of the guys who'll be looking at it's explained to reporters that he would not try to repeal issue two in its entirety, um, but he would instead advocate for reviewing it and repealing things or changing things that are in it. Um, but what are just some other high po- high points? high points? <laughs> Got that, Gary, right? Um. I did see they were going to put a ten percent tax, tax on top. The tax, of course, of, is the revenue, right? Right. Um, on top of it, that's yeah. going to go to social equity, jobs, municipalities with dispensaries, and a substance abuse fund. Right. And so the, those are that's the whole idea of the the revenue raiser. Um, 
now it's also gonna you can grow your own, Carrie. Okay. Okay. Um, now, Ohioans can start growing marijuana when the law takes effect December seventh. Um, again, you have to be 21 or older. I'm guessing you can't get the seeds at Home Depot. I don't know. Or maybe that. not yet. Um, <laughs> allowed, no you're idea. allowed to grow up to six plants individually and no more than 12 plants per household. Now, landlords can prevent their renters from growing. Okay, but the ban must be part of the lease agreement. Um, next question, can I smoke marijuana in a public place? I would guess it falls under the same smoking rules. Very good. Yeah, it's the same state yeah, smoking come on. ban. Yeah. Um, will I be able to get marijuana products delivered in Ohio? Mail order. No clue. Eventually, yes. Yeah. Um, the division has set rules for delivery and online and mobile ordering for dispensaries. Okay. Um, can people drive while high in Ohio? No, because that's under yeah. the influence of you can't even take. You know. Obviously, then everyone knows that. Um, what does marijuana legalization mean for Ohio employers? Because mm, okay. some people would draw. Yeah. Okay. Public and private employers can still set their own policies for marijuana, such as rules around drug testing and on the job use. They won't have to accommodate employees who use marijuana and can discipline or refuse to hire someone who does. Okay. So if okay. you did the hair test. Um, this is the question I was wondering. Can municipalities ban recreational marijuana? You know, it's kind of like the fireworks, right? Right. So, you know, even though Ohio says <laughs> we can blow off Roman cannibals, right. candles, your local city may say, no, you can't. Right. Okay. Um, no, that's not the case with marijuana, Carrie. Local governments aren't allowed to ban marijuana use or home grow as they can't impose additional and they can't impose additional taxes on marijuana business. So there's no local tax okay. that they can add. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they would if they could. I mean, they're gonna. Everybody wants to stick their hand in that. Pot, right. I'm sure they were. Look, I'm their, sure they wanted right. that known, or they wanted that ability. Um, now that says local municipalities can prohibit adult use dispensaries in their communities. So that's interesting. Um, now, what does it say here? But I think that's also they're saying if they they do get maybe additional tax if they do allow them in the communities or something like that. Um, so there you go. If okay. you're wondering about that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was surprised. I never in a million years would have bet Ohio no. would have been in the first half of the states that allowed recreational use. I'm I'm shocked too. But regardless of that, I think we'll just watch more how it really impacts the economy and revenue and those sorts of things. And if you're listening to financial food here, the financial food for thought here this morning. It's sponsored by the estate planning team, and we do offer a free consultation if you're someone who wants to look at year and planning, getting ready to retire, or want to know when you can afford to retire, or if you're in retirement and worried about still the economy, inflation, market volatility, um, whatever that may be, and whether you're underspending or overspending, take advantage of a free consultation. We run preliminary analysis to see if we can help. We have both affordable comprehensive retainers where we help with all the phases, um, whether it, it's analysis, recommendations, implementation, coordination with other advisors, or hourly planning if you need a little bit of help. Call for a free consultation at 440 239 2090. That's 440 
239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you're listening to Mark Daly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over those decades, Kara, we've we've seen a lot of Black Fridays, but I, you know, I think this year's Black Friday in Ohio might have just gone up in smoke, Kara. We'll oh. see, see, see how the sales go. Of course, think? so right before it's before December seventh, though. So I don't know, but yeah. All right, so we got. <laughs> You're s- saying people are going to be too high to go if they had it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, between the tryptophan and the weed, oh, <laughs> nobody's going to be able to get up I to just, go. I just, I just can't believe it. Uh, whatever. All right, so we got new tax rates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they all shifted about what was it, five point four percent? Yeah, a reflection of inflation. So let's start with the federal state because you know federal state tax we're not really concerned about it anymore but there are some people who are we have clients who are especially as you were mentioning carrie when president trump's tax cuts and jobs act of 2017 expires at the end of 2025 the federal state tax exemption gets basically cut in half um so what so currently this year the federal state tax exemption was twelve million nine hundred and twenty thousand. That is going up next year to thirteen million six hundred and ten thousand. And by the way, with portability, couples get two of those wow. for twenty-seven million two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Impacting a whole lot of people. A far cry from in when nineteen ninety-seven it was six hundred thousand. Right. All right. Um, Not too many people have to worry about that no, anymore. No. Ohio estate tax has been repealed. And it, so even if you're saying, okay, $27 million, that gets cut in half to $13 million in 2026, do you have to be worried about it? Um, if you do, there are certain, certain right. ways you can obviously avoid that. Probably what's more you know, of, a, of a number that our clients watch, carry is the annual gift tax exclusion. Right. Okay, sometimes referred to as the annual gift tax allowance, right? Um, and that currently is seventeen thousand. That is going up next year to eighteen thousand. Okay. And remember, it goes up in thousand dollar increments. But normally, under the twenty years of low inflation, it it didn't go up too often. Right. Remember, it was remember it was ten thousand originally forever. Then it was at eleven thousand for about four years. Then it was at twelve thousand for about three or four years. Then it was thirteen thousand for about four or five years. Then it was fourteen thousand for one, two, three, four, five, six years. Yeah. The- um, then it was fifteen thousand for one, two, three, four years. Okay. But then with the higher inflation over the last few years, it's kicking up a thousand per year. So it went from fifteen thousand to sixteen thousand. The next year it went to seventeen thousand, and now next year it's going to eighteen thousand. So that's substantial, right? Um, and remember that annual gift tax exclusion—you can give that to any one individual per year. It just doesn't have to be a child. You know, we get that question right. all the time right now. It's also each one of you, and if you're a married couple, each of you could give eighteen thousand to one individual. Okay. Okay. Um, or thirty six thousand. Okay, remember is also um, there's two exceptions that we're reminding clients still. You know, and, and Carrie, this is the thing. It seems like we've been selling these rules forever, but it, we always have to keep repeating it because there's always new people that this is right. now getting into their arena. 
right. where they maybe didn't worry about this five years ago. But now they say, yeah, I'm, you know, and, and, uh, but so remember, there's two exceptions to the annual gift tax exclusion. One is if you're paying money directly for the medical care of the beneficiary. Right. Then to, you don't have, it's not considered a gift. Right. Directly to the, either the doctor or the right. hospital or something like that. So then it doesn't count against the annual gift exclusion. The second one is if you're paying tuition directly to the university. Right. Okay. Um, and in that situation, it doesn't go against the, uh, you know, you still, uh, you know, you're not limited by the annual gift tax exclusion. Um, and so, so that's, so those are things, but let's see what else. So we also got the higher income tax, um, bracket. So the, 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 the rates have not changed. It's still, you know, 10%, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, and the highest rate of 37. Those aren't changing, but the thresholds are changing. And that's what we call the bracket creep. And as you were mentioning, Carrie, that all the bracket creep, that's up over 5% this year. So, for example, if you are single and, you know, under this current year, your 10%, you know, the first tax bracket starts, you know, maxing out at $11,000. Okay. You know, of taxable income. That's gone up to 11600 Now, not too many of our clients are in that zero or 10%, right. but boy, talk about opportunities. Right. And if you have IRAs, I mean, how many times over the years have we people of IRAs or other tax qualified annuities or that they maybe need cash flow or let's at least determine how much more they can take from these assets and max out the zero bracket and either they use it for spending or by the way, convert it to a Roth and not pay a dime. You just turned your IRA into a Roth IRA. And if you're not going to spend it, what if you care about your kids and you've just created a tax-free benefit to your kids? Right. But the ones that we're always, you know, we talk about year end planning, we're always talking to our clients. Most of our clients are, are saying, well, Mark, maybe I haven't maxed out my 12% bracket yet okay. or my 22% bracket yet. So, again, I'll do singles first, then we'll come back and do married couples, married finally jointly, Carrie. But, okay, so the single, so maxing out the 12%. So for this year, 2023, that's $44,725 of taxable income. That next year is going up to $47,150. For the 22%, Currently single takes you up to ninety five thousand three seventy five, and next year that will be going up to a hundred thousand five twenty five. Okay, now let's do married filing jointly. All right, so the ten percent currently maxes out at twenty two thousand. Okay, that's going up to twenty three thousand two hundred next year. All right, um, the twelve percent currently that takes you up to eighty nine thousand four fifty. Okay, that is going up to 94,300. Okay. The 22% for married filing jointly, currently that caps out at 190,750. That's going up to 201,050. Okay? And then, and you know kind of go from there. So, you know, that's that's being active and saying, "Okay, am I taking advantage?" of those thresholds mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about, you know, how much money I, I'm going to be taking out of my IRAs and or Roth conversions right. you know, um, and kind of go from there. 
you mentioned the standard deductions, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, so let me find those. I okay. was going to say that right now they're for married filing jointly. I, I believe it's – okay. Yeah. I was going to say I had them too. Yeah, I want to start with the single. Okay. okay. Um, so we'll start with the single. So currently the single standard deduction for 2023 is 13850 Okay. Okay. Um, that's going up to $14,600 okay. next year. Married filing jointly currently is 27700 that's going up to twenty nine thousand two hundred. Those are, these are big increases, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and our clients are noticing these, by the way. Right. Um, head of household currently is twenty thousand eight hundred. That's going up to twenty one thousand nine hundred. Okay. Um, now, if you're blind or age sixty five, you, you get, get a little extra. You get a little extra. Um, all right. So currently. That's one thousand five hundred extra. That next year is going up to one thousand five hundred and fifty. Okay. Okay. Um, if you are, you get a, you also get another little bump if you're um, unmarried and not a surviving spouse. Okay. You you, you know that you get an extra um, four hundred dollars. Currently, it's an extra three hundred fifty. So in that case. Your standard deduction would be one thousand eight fifty this year. That's going up to one thousand nine fifty next year. Um, all right, so that's those. Now, but when you look at it, so it, if you have a married filing jointly, both over age sixty five, Carrie, right? Where currently this year, well, even go back to last year. So in twenty twenty two, their standard deduction again. I'm doing. Married filing jointly, both over age 65. So in 2022, they were using 28,700. In 2023, it went up to 30,700. And next year in 2024, it's going up to 32,300. Wow. And that's, you know, that's, that, that's pretty high. Mm-hmm. Now, will these all get cut? In 2026, that's what you know. That's what we're looking at. Um, but you can you can certainly, while you have these higher standard deductions, now that's again by that's why by the way that a very small percentage of taxpayers are itemizing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, now we do have some single clients carry because they're in the lower levels of deductions that they're still itemizing. Right. But we have very few married filing jointly that are still itemizing. Unless they're they have huge medical expenses right. or they're they're big charitable gift you know right um, people uh, making huge charitable contributions, um, which again is why you know don't ask your neighbor you know you have to kind of do this for yourself right. Um, but so when you, when you look at that, um, it, that becomes part of your planning and saying okay. Because if you're in the trying to decide maybe how much of a you know Roth conversion or it, it could be just an IRA distribution, Carrie, you know we're it, it's it's to us it, it's just the idea that you know if you're not at required minimum yet, first of all, maybe you can't wait till the new higher required minimums because maybe you need to spend some of that, right? You think that'd be a good idea? Mm-hmm. I or mean, maybe you want to. I mean, maybe you should be spending and you don't know that you could. 
So, so to us, it's either how much mark can I take out of my IRA distribution for spending and or if I don't need for spending, Roth conversion. Correct. You know, that, so, I, you know, sometimes we just say the Roth conversion, but right. it's, it's both of those. Well, because I think in planning, we always say your spending comes first, tax planning or planning and year-end planning comes second. Right. So it, it's that... It's a time of year that, that what, when we talk about year in planning, that's what we're you know helping our clients with. They're saying, okay, well, I mean, hopefully you 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 get into the practice of having a nice cash reserve. Mm-hmm. So you always kind of want to start off the year with a nice cash reserve, meaning that you don't have to make any big financial decisions early in the year if an unexpected expense comes up. Right. Because you can say, oh, I'm just going to use my cash reserve for that. Mm-hmm. And that gives you time. But now we're getting to the end of the year. Hopefully the surprises are done. Right. And now you have a better idea of it. Did you really deplete your cash reserve or is it still adequate? Mm-hmm. But let's say it's dipped down too low. Then okay. you're in your comfort level. You know, what's your floor? Don't ask your neighbor. You right. have to kind of figure it out to yourself. Okay, we our clients range, right? Oh yeah, we have some people that are fine with five thousand in their cash reserve, and other people that want a hundred. I mean, it's just whatever it's going to give you peace of mind at the end of the day. It's um, not our plan; it's right. your plan. And how do we work around that? So whether it's a cash floor of twenty thousand or a hundred thousand, this time of year you realize, hey, I'm below that. Okay, well, this is the idea. Do you look to say, I want to raise some of that? Right. Now, the, the beauty of having the higher floor is you have more f- flexibility there. Right. Because at this point of the year, you could say, well, if I need to raise it this year, what's it going to cost me tax-wise? Or maybe I want to raise it January 1st or January 2nd. And push the tax hit into a second year. But in either case, that's why what you did last year might not be what you do this year, might not be what you do next year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but let's say... You, you, you're saying, okay, I, my cash reserve is too low for my peace of mind, so I'm going to look to see how much can I take out of my IRA to replenish it mm-hmm. without shooting myself in the foot going through one of these tax thresholds. Now, let's say your cash reserve is fine, but you still have this room. Right. Well, then maybe then you're saying, hey, maybe I should do a Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I don't need to build up my cash reserve, but I have this opportunity. And the the classic example of that is if you're in a zero tax bracket. Right. Why wouldn't you max out zero? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do that this year, you don't get to do it next. You know, it's gone. That opportunity is gone. All right. So. So then that leads to one of the things that I was talking about is looking for opportunities. And one of them is the idea of taking advantage of the 0% long-term capital gain and qualified dividend rate. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the thresholds that, and I want to go over some number there, Carrie, but I also, what was the other one I mentioned, Carrie? Um, When you don't want to get Surprise! Oh, the 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 required minimum. Let me start with that one. Okay. Um, because the required minimum, as we said, this is confusing. Not confusing. Just the, we have a whole new set of required minimum distribution dates now, 
and we had mentioned it at the beginning of the show. I'll mention it again. So, it, so when does your required minimum distribution age begin? It's based now on the year you were born. Right. But now there's four levels. Mm-hmm. It used to be one. 70 and a half. Okay, then Secure Act 1. Change it to 72. And then Secure Act 2. Change it to either 73, 73 or, or 75. 75, right? So so this is what, you know, we're trying to, you know, get everybody, and the easiest way maybe to remember this is by your uh, birth year. So again, if you were born before June 30th, 1949, yours is age 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. You're already doing that right now. Right. Obviously. If you were born between July of 1949 and 1950, your RMD is age 72. If you were born 1951 through 1959, your RMD is age 73. And if you were born 1960 and later, your RMD is now age 75. Um, now, a couple of things about the RMD, right? So one is that what hasn't changed is the rule about when you have to take your first RMD, mm-hmm. right? Which is the April 1st date, not the April 15th, the bad right. April Fool's joke. But for the first RMD only, you have until April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attained your required beginning date, mm-hmm. age, Okay. Now, if you wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attained, well, let's do age 73 because that's what it would be right, right now. So if you attained age 73, and this is why we're talking about right. um, you know, year-end planning. Don't miss this, right? Um, so if you, if you turned age 73 in 2023, okay, you don't, for, don't miss your first required minimum. Right. That's the point because it's a pretty stiff penalty if you miss it. It's well, no, it's not as stiff. It used to be fifty percent. Now it's twenty five. Yeah, yeah. It used to be the fifty percent right. excise tax. That's been Secure Act two reduced that to twenty five percent. Right. It can be reduced further to ten percent if you correct it within two years. And there's also if of all else fails, you know you can you can request Ask for a baby. forgiveness. Yeah, right. you, you <laughs> file form fifty three twenty nine and you request penalty abatement I for see. reasonable clause. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Usually, first time offenders get yeah. get the relief, but you got to fill out the form um, now. But back to the the idea. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about: coordinated advisors. Because I, I just last week I was on one of the three way phone calls with our client and their CPA, and the CPA brought up the fact that he appreciates that we're doing this year end mm-hmm. planning because he said, you know, last year I he he talked about the case where he had another one of his clients, not one of our clients, that when they came in when he came in and he was going to do his taxes, the he, what happened was the investment advisor told the client, "Oh, you have until April 1st to do your, right. your next year. You don't have to do it this year. You have until April 1st." Right. But he also the client though didn't realize or there wasn't there was no tax discussion that he had to do a second one by December 31st. Right. So if you wait till April 1st, you've got to do a second RMD by December 31st of that same year. That can get tax costly. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in this case. So not only did the investment advisor, well whether the investment advisor told him you got to do a second one by December 31st and it was done, they didn't miss it. 
but there was no coordination with the tax person to say how much taxes, and now the taxpayer is way underpaid. Mm-hmm. And now there's penalty on that. Hmm. Because obviously the investment advisor had no idea of what the tax was going to be by doing two RMDs in one year, and they made no recommendation on how much should be withheld. Mm. Now that's that is where you know that's lack of coordination. And I, I'd like to know if you have two RMDs, depending on how big your IRA or company plan is, can you imagine how many tax brackets you could go through if you're single, depending on. You know, could that in some cases it can cause your Medicare B premiums to go up, especially if you're single. There's different, you know, um, that can cause a lot of problems. Now, certainly if you're a high, we've had people where we do recommend and coordinate with their CPA or tax advisor to take two RMDs in one calendar year the first time because maybe they've retired now and they were a high wage earner or some other things. Or that are they going sold on. that vacation property right? last year that they're not going to so this year. Do, they're not going to so sell next year. So they really want to add, you know, on top of? So it's that's why it's not just com- like the tax preparer. We get them involved. It's complex. It's looking ahead and saying which is going to be better for you. And a lot of people just let the cards, you know, let things happen and react where Mark, you've said tons of times on this show that we're proactive in looking ahead and anticipating what could happen, what things may change. So they were trying to get the best result for our clients. Right. Financial planning is a lot about anticipating what could go wrong, not just waiting and reacting to when things go wrong. Right. That's the difference. Right, because there's once you once the tax year's over, that's it. Now the so that's that's an example of something you don't want to miss that's gonna right. cause you pain. But what's what about an opportunity? So I mentioned about the we don't think there's enough people taking advantage of the zero percent long term capital gain rates in mm-hmm. this country, right? And sometimes we call that the Mitt Romney tax planning, right? Um and the now, also this, you know, so let me, let's go over it. So let's see if I have the new rates, Carrie. Um, let me get my long-term capital okay. gain rates. All right, so here we go. So, and when we're talking about long-term capital gain rates, it also includes qualified dividend rates. So and if you want to know how much of your qualified dividends are, look on your tax return. Right. It's the difference between ordinary dividends and qualified dividends, mm-hmm. right? Qualified dividends is in the middle of the page, right? Mm-hmm. But that can also be taxed at zero. Mm. Okay. Um, so currently for 2023, the long-term capital gain and qualified dividend rate for a single person uh, maxes out at 44625 of taxable income. Okay. Okay. Not AGI, taxable income after that higher standard deduction now, right? Uh, and for married filing jointly for 2023, it's $89,250. Okay. okay. That's going up. Next year in 2024, about again, carry that 5.4%. Okay. So starting next year, single taxpayer can max out the 0% capital gain rate at $47,025. Okay. And Mary filing jointly, $94,050. Okay. All right. So let's go back to now adding in now the standard deduction to that, right? So for example, um, a, a, you know, a single person, um, you know, with the over age 65, let's say, so a single person over 65 
their with their standard their higher standard deduction next year and the higher zero percent long term capital gain rate, they could be looking at a taxable income or you know of sixty three thousand five seventy five. When, that would be the adjusted gross income. You know, okay. They could take their adjusted gross income, you know, up to sixty three thousand five seventy five, and okay. still have a zero percent long term capital gain and qualified dividend rate. Nice. M- married finally jointly, Carrie can go up to a hundred and twenty six thousand three fifty. So that's a lot of people. That's a nice lifestyle, right? If you say I could have a cash flow of a hundred and twenty six thousand three fifty and have a zero percent. Capital gains. Okay. Um, that may be something that may be, in other words, so now we're saying that becomes one of our thresholds that we always look at for our clients at year end to say, well, you know, where are you coming out there? You know, do you, and one of the advantages of having non-qualified investments is, and, and dividend paying stocks is you get this lower tax treatment. Now, and then the, you know, of course, not everyone can stay in the 50% we or in the 0%. So then the rest of you are in the 15%, still a lot better than ordinary income tax rates. And the 15% goes way up, Carrie. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the 15% long-term capital gain rates next year for a single person, that's 492,000. And for hmm. Mary filing jointly, no, that's this year. Next year, it's going to 518900 Okay. And for married filing jointly, the 15% protects you up to uh, next year, 583750 hmm. So again, I don't know, but you know, not too many of our clients or radio show listeners are probably worried about going through the 15% capital gain rate. The question is, we think there's a lot of people listening or a lot of we've turned on our clients over the years and say, yeah, do you understand that you haven't maxed out your 0% capital gain rate and your 0% qualified dividend rate? And a lot of times that becomes the Roth conversion threshold, mm-hmm. you know, where they're maxing it out. All right. So we'll talk more about the year in planning as we go through November. All right. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Marine Corps birthday. And if you want to take advantage of opportunities and potential traps, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. Go Browns. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.